Today's episode of What Works is brought to you by thinkerventures.com. Subscribe to What Works on iTunes, Google Play, or go to thinkerventures.com. It's called the trailing spouse, and it's one of the top reasons companies recruit because their spouse often finds themselves isolated and alone in a new city. On this episode of What Works, Alex Gary and I have a conversation with Neil Mathwig, a Madison real estate agent who started I Love Madison. It's a business to help connect new residents to all the unique and interesting things about living in Madison. Neil's content and events shows new residents that Madison is more than just beer, cheese, sports, and at the same time, facilitates relationships that help him grow his real estate business. You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd. My co-host, Alex Gary, is here as well. And today, Neil Mathweg, he is a real estate agent from Madison, Wisconsin. He's doing things differently. Neil, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't. It's breaking in and out. I, I heard like very little of what you said the minute you started playing. <laughs> we had that a little bit yesterday. <laughs> So we just roll with it. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. It's going to get edited out. These are one of the most highly edited ones are the ones people call in for. There you go. <laughs> so welcome welcome to the What Works Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. So you say you're doing things differently as a real estate agent. How are you doing things differently with real estate? <laughs> so, so, you know, we, one, of the, one of the things that we're doing that is different is you know, we believe in being a media company that happens to sell real estate. And one of the, you know, we, we, we obviously do some of the things that are are normal that are driving our business, but really, you know, one of the ideas that we had was to be a media company that happens to sell real estate, attract business instead of always having to chase business. And so we started what we call is the I love Madison show. And that show is all about helping people that are new to Madison get connected to people, places, and events, and um, so that that's the primary way of us doing things differently. That's really fascinating. So the I Love Madison show is about connecting people to places and events and things that they should be they should they should be engaging with as they become acclimated to their community. And because you're selling real estate, your audience for I Love Madison are the same people who you're trying to sell real estate to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. We, we talked with uh, an HR director from a large in, in company, and I told him that, you know, one of my ideas was just to help people, you know, get connected to Madison. I had this I Love Madison show idea. And he said, you know, we have two primary struggles that we, that we deal with. One is helping people think that, you know, understand that Madison is a great city and that we have a lot to offer here. And the other challenge that they have is that what they call is the trailing spouse. And the trailing spouse is the spouse that moves with the spouse for the job, and they get to they get to Madison. They maybe came from somebody that somewhere that's a little bit warmer, and right now that's anywhere in the country, um, but you know, somewhere somewhere warmer, and they they don't get connected. The 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 person that accepts the job gets connected, loves the area, loves the culture, gets gets in, embraces it all. And meanwhile, the trailing spouse is at home, isolated, lonely, doesn't like the culture, cold, and misses home. And the trailing and, spouse is one of the biggest, uh, probably one of the leading indicators of failure uh, in kind of sticking a person in a job and then, and then sticking around. 
Yep, yep. That's their number one retention issue. And so they'll bring in a great recruit, um, have them here for two, three years or whatever, and then lose that recruit because of uh, the spouse isn't happy. And so so one of our ideas was is to create content for the trailing spouse. And that helps the HR departments, and the HR departments then look to us uh, as, a, as a lead source to help with one of their largest issues. And then because we're helping them with that issue – top of mind when it comes to who do we send them as for you know who's who's the recommended realtor and so um so we're we're providing content that actually matters in 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 helping hr departments and those helping those hr departments it helps helps us so i thought it was curious that you said you heard that uh, madison struggles with some kind of stigma when people move there because madison's usually at the top of all these best places to live lists. And so that's an issue we, we struggle with down in here in Rockford. So I'm just kind of curious that even in Madison, um, you get that kind of, uh, I guess, pushback. Yeah, I think what most will hear before they do the research is that it's cold and it's a sports town. And, and if they don't like cold weather and they don't like sports, then what else is there? And so for us, that's something that we're, we're constantly focusing on and we're trying to show the culture and the, the, the idea, the filter that we run all of our content through is to focus on what is going to help somebody get connected and how do we bring them into the culture and how do we help them, you know, realize that Matt, there is more to Madison than just sports and, and cold weather, beer and cheese. Uh, you know, what else, what else is there? <laughs> so give us an example of the type of content that you produce for this trailing spouse. Yeah. So for the trailing spouses, one thing that we do is we have a checklist that is named how to kickstart, you know, 12 or 15 things of how to kickstart your new life in Madison. And then, on that checklist that leads to all these blog posts to match up with that like go try these 10 restaurants uh go take these 10 walks in madison uh go to these 10 parks um so we have we you know create that content that right now is a checklist we're working in this year turning that into a book uh we want to have an i love madison book um that then hr departments can then white label and and send that to their recruits um so that's that's one arm of it another arm of it is is our vlogs so we do we do a vlog caleb and i um have become um quite the characters together we never realized it before we started shooting vlogs together um he's uh he's he's short and young and i'm um tall and round and um and and old so uh so we pick on each other a lot we've created a lot of chemistry together but we're going and doing different things in madison and then documenting that uh another arm of it is the engagement piece of it is in the the attention grab piece of it is we've been doing what we call the isle of madison food tournament and we ask the question of who has madison's best pizza cheese curds uh, burgers, fish fry, whatever it might be. And we started off as a tournament. So you let's say that cheeseburgers is is the idea. Uh, we're determining who has Madison's best cheeseburger. We will put that out there as a question. We'll pile in all the results. We'll then take that down to a top 10. So then the second round is the top 10 vote. 
and then from the top 10 we narrow it down to the top four and then in round three it's a versus competition so one versus four two versus three and then we narrow it down to the championship round and then we load a bus with 12 judges and go to each restaurant taste the the um the, the burger and then come back and cast our votes and uh, release the video of who has Madison's best burger. That's what a great, fantastic idea. I love that. Yeah. It's an engagement hog. Uh, there's, you know, we've learned that people love to talk about food, pets and their kids on, on Facebook and social media. So we've, we've learned that if we hit on those th- subjects um, it's, and, and health and fitness is another big one too. So when we talk about those, that's what uh, everybody wants to engage on. Now tell me, you know, you're, you're a real estate agent. You said you've been a real estate agent uh, for something like 17 years when we were talking before the show. Now at what point, because, because I, I find that there are generally kind of two aha moments for entrepreneurs and I'm going to, I'm going to tag you as an entrepreneur. The two aha moments I find are the first one being like, I, I, here's the, here's the thing. Like you, you saw, you know, there's the HR directors, they've got this trailing spouse. We need to create, you know, how, how could we engage them? Oh my gosh, we could. And that's your first aha moment. And then the second aha moment is after you start doing something for a period of time and it seems like, oh my gosh, this is, this is things going to take off. It could go someplace Oh man, here's all the ways it could go. I feel like those are two distinct places and not everybody hits the second one. I feel like it I feel like from the things you're explaining you kind of have hit the second one. Tell me about that first aha moment when you're just, you know, Joe real estate agent in Madison, maybe struggling to set yourself apart from from all the other real estate agents in Madison and then what is this aha moment? Describe that moment to us. Yeah, I I think for me the first aha moment was just the idea of creating content that people would want to engage with. Most realtors just put out content that is information-based content or even worse, they're putting out real estate content that's, you know, uh, here's the market report, here's, you know, information on home buying, here's information on home selling. Consumers on Facebook don't want that. It's social content. They want to engage. That content's great for searchable content, which is great for YouTube and SEO. So I think the first aha moment is understanding the difference between social content. And then once you get into the realm of social content, then understanding really what drives that content. And we've got, we've got videos that have over 25,000 views talking about cheeseburgers, right? Like, and and so that um, if you were to think about a realtor, why would a realtor be talking about cheese curds and, and and burgers? And the reason is, is because that's what my consumers are talking about. And so I want to be in that conversation and, and I want to be able to provide um, them with information. Uh, and, and when I do that, the engagement comes back tenfold. And so I think, I think for, for us, what we've really learned is, is what we can do to create engagement, um, you know, I think sometimes we even run into the challenge of being, uh, you know, I mean, I have some people that will ask me, so how's your new job going at I Love Madison? Right. You know, <laughs> they think that I work for a company called I Love Madison. And it's like, no, 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 no. We created I Love Madison to better our real estate services and to, to, to provide that, that service. And our goal, our overall arching goal uh, on our team is to provide, help them 
uh, have the best best life in Madison, help them live the best life in Madison. And it starts with a home, but beyond that, there's so much more to it. And so we want to go beyond that, and we want to be able to showcase as much as we can about Madison. Now, when you when you had this concept and you thought, you know, I could, we could create content, we should create content for this trailing spouse and also for the person who you know who's there for their their primary employment. Did this start as an experiment, or did you have some sort of strategy that you birthed? I really, I, I, I had, I had years of experience of creating content about our city. So my first project that I did was 121 Reasons Why I Love Where I Live, and that was a blog series that I did. And so that was that was the beginning idea. That was back in before the recession. So it died in the recession. Um, I just got, I got doing other things to survive in the recession. So prior to the recession, that's what I was running with, you know, so it was that idea. The name came to me, the Isle of Madison name and the Isle of Madison brand came to me. And then I thought, well, what do I do with that? And the, the idea of the trailing spouse and catering to the HR departments, that was another step in the whole process. Um, and we've also had a lot of things that with the Isle of Madison show that have failed, that we thought were amazing ideas and, and we had to can the idea. Um, so, so there's, you know, I think in every step of it, you, you start to, you start to get the idea of what direction you're going. Um, and then you continue to work on your why and continue to focus on why I'm producing this content because that becomes the filter because, we, we have so many opportunities for content. I mean, we every day we have somebody inviting us to an event, inviting us to go cover this or go do that. And we seriously have to choose. Like we have to, we have to think about it and say, does this fit the filter uh, of what we want to, what we want this show to be about and what we want to, what content we want to provide. So in the middle of all this, when do you find time to sell real estate? Yeah. It, it's the thing is, is that, um, it looks busy uh, to the consumer. It looks like a lot of work to the consumer. And for me, it's not. Uh, so I have, I have sourced everything out. So I, when, when we shoot a vlog, it's usually on the weekend or on, at night. Uh, it's usually at an event that I would already be going to. Um, that's, that's one of the filters we do is I don't want to add more to my calendar. Um, I want to I document what I'm already doing. Um, and uh, and then I don't do any of the editing. I mean, we source a lot, uh, almost everything out. Um, and and then I have uh, copywriters that, that work on the team that r- write the, the show notes and write the blog posts to go with the videos. Um, we have e-news, um, sending out e-newsletters and, and whatnot of what's going on at the Isle of Medicine show. And we have clients. Are, we have event coordinators that help with the events and, and planning the, the, the meetups. And um, and then sometimes people just make things more complicated than they need to be. Um, I did that with our meetups. I used to spend, you know, freak out about how much time I needed to spend on the meetup. I don't spend any time on the meetup other than recording the minute 30 promo video to announce the next meetup. And then I'm on to the next thing. So, um but 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 if you were to go look at our website and go look at our Facebook page, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, does that guy ever sleep?" Yeah, um, you know. And I and I, I I probably for I love Madison, I spend maybe an hour, maybe an hour a week on on the show, if that. Now, when I first started, I spent probably five to ten hours a week because I was trying to figure everything out. 
Um, but now it's it's kind of on cruise control. Did you did you begin by outsourcing everything? No. Uh, well, we we began by outsourcing the the show editing, the podcast editing, and the show notes, and then we we ended up dropping the podcast because the vlog was getting ten thousand views and the podcast was getting a hundred downloads, and so and the vlog wasn't costing you know, seven, $800 a month. Um, and so we just like, okay, this isn't lining up. So after 30 episodes, we dropped the podcast and went to the vlog. And the, the, the most interesting thing with all of that is I'm yet, and we dropped this probably six months ago. I am yet to have one person ask me, what happened to the podcast? I haven't, I haven't, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was definitely time for that to go down the road. Yeah. And you know, and I'm a believer in podcasts. You know, I podcast for real estate agents and, you know, have a tribe of a couple thousand listeners. And, you know, that I don't, you know, I love podcasting. It's, but it just locally, it just wasn't the, 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 and that, that's one of the things that we thought was a great idea that wasn't. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and canned it and moved on to the next. Do you think that the reason for that not being such a great idea and why it didn't stick with your audience is because you're so focused on experience and when we just have audio, the level of interaction or engagement with that experience is so low. You know, if you're talking about yeah. well, who's got the greatest pizza, but then you can't even see it that, right. you know, it's, it's, it's all lost. Yes. Yes. It's, it's that. And I also feel that those that really listen to podcasts on a, on a high level uh, or they're, they're consuming like, like my, my agent rise podcast for real estate agents, they consume that because I'm teaching them something. Yeah. Right. They're learning, getting something from it. It's like listening to an ebook. Now, you know, listening to us talk about cheeseburgers in Madison, what are they getting from that? And and also the, there's no there's 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 not a lot of commute time, you know, in 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 Madison, where I think in New York there would be, you know, there's there's other reasons to listen to podcasts. Um, and I really don't think that people care that much about the content. Yeah, that beltway can be kind of slow. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to stay off of the beltway at certain times of the day. I know that you're all you're yeah. also comparing that against Rockford, where everything's twenty minutes from itself. Oh, <laughs> I, I love it. Whenever uh, we we would have, I used to work at a newspaper, and we had a couple people from Chicago, and they would just get so mad when people would complain about Rockford traffic. <laughs> you know, because in Chicago, you could take you an hour to get like five blocks. <laughs> so, where do you see I Love Madison going? Uh, I see it. My, my ultimate dream is it to be a, a publication company, and to actually uh, have a have a maybe an online magazine, have uh, you know a, a, a weekly show, have you know more more people adding more content to it. You know, it, it could definitely be more than just the uh, the the Isle of Madison show for the Isle of Madison home team. It, it could become its own brand. It could become its, uh, you know, a store. I've always tell a story of I Love Medicine Apparel. Um, who knows? I mean, it's right now. It's like it's 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 working. It's got attention. We've got viewers. We've got people that care about what we're producing. We have sold out meetups. We have you know things that, that are working. And so right now, I just don't want to mess up what's working. One of the things, so you use the publication of the media to drive people to the real estate, right? Um, what I'm thinking of, we, there's, I've I've seen business models where people are trying to build online um, 
programs or things to compete with Facebook and, and compete with meetups, right? So they're they're trying to capture that traffic to come to their site and then sell advertising or get sponsorships, you know. So they're trying to make money directly off of uh, something similar to I Love Madison, whereas in your model is you're using I Love Madison to drive people back to the real estate business. Um, is is that why it's succeeded? I mean, if, if you started this a few years ago, said, I'm going to make my living off I Love Madison, uh, do you think you would have gotten this far? No, no. I mean, the, the total end game here is is selling real estate. I mean, it. I, I could go out and sell ads for the show, or I could go out and sell homes. And those that have been in ad sales versus those that have been in real estate know the big difference, right? And so for me, I Love Madison is not a not. I mean, we do have a sponsor. We do have a couple sponsors that does generate a little bit of revenue enough to cover the expenses. Um, nice, but for me to go door to door and go out and sell ads, it, it, that's just not the model. Uh, now, could it become that? Yeah, I think it definitely could become that. But for me, it's like it's all about relationships. And the big turning point, the big pivot in all of this was adding the meetups. It's the face-to-face. I mean, we create all this attention out there with all of our videos. And we, we've kind of become like we've got like some fans out there. Like they, they want to come and meet us. And so adding those meetups has been really huge because then we can take those relationships further. And and you know, and I don't, I don't ever talk about being a real estate agent on the show. Um, but when I'm face to face with them, and they ask me, "Why did you start the Isla Madison show? This is great, but why did you start it?" And I'll, that's when I tell them that I'm a real estate agent that believes in being a media company that happens to sell real estate. If I didn't start the show, I would have never met you. And so I'm really glad that I meet, met you tonight, and I'm really glad that we're having this conversation. And that's the value. And that's you know, this looking at the last year, I've, I've met well over two, three hundred people that I never would have met if it wasn't for the Isla Madison show. And I have some amazing relationships, like with some very influential people in Madison because of the Isle of Madison show. So that's that's what I'm going for. Because last year I didn't sell one house because of the Isle of Madison show. Not one house. Now, but I created over two, three hundred uh, uh, relationships and I have a good half a dozen or so good leads of people that will probably buy in this next year. And if you talk to me next year at this time, I'll probably have sold maybe five to 10 houses from it. And then three years from now, probably 20 or 30 houses from it. And so, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not like this is a direct sale approach. It's a relationship building approach that is going to pay dividends long down the road. Yeah, what you're talking about with the with the advertising um, strikes close to home. I worked for a newspaper, right? So and it it existed for years in advertising, and now it doesn't. So newspapers now have to go out and get subscriptions, and everybody in there that's that's in the media business is trying to get, you know that uh, that piece of the advertising pie, which keeps shrinking because there's so many different ways you can get your word out about your business without having to pay somebody for it. Uh, so that's you've kind of hit on a on, on a different way to do it. In terms of businesses in Madison, how much have they noticed? Are they you know are you getting flooded with emails like, hey, we got really good pizza, you should come over here. I mean, how does that work? Yeah. It, it's it's they're they're already they're not looking for ways to pay for advertising like I thought they would be because that market's so flooded. They love the idea of being a part of the tournament, and they get super excited when they're in the top four. 
and they're promoting that, hey, we're in the top four and we might be in the championship. And then we've had we had the champion of the I Love Madison uh, food tournament the for the cheese curds. We're now in their radio advertising. They're now saying, "Hey, that we're 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 the champion of the I Love Madison food tournament." Um, and so that's that's been exciting. Um, we've had I would I don't know five restaurants reach out to us and ask if we could if we could include them in their vlog. We um, you know one of them we did a paid spot. Uh, where we charged them to, to go in there and, and they gave us free food and we ate did a vlog there. Um, I would I would expect more of that, but we haven't had that. We've had um, uh, you know right right now we we work with Metcalf's Market uh, in, in it's a, a nice grocery store local. They focus on local food, which is awesome because that aligns so well with our brand. And then they also are for that long brat fest. So they gave us great access to brat fest last year. And they're just amazing people. So even if the, it's not even like the, the dollar exchange for us, it's like the relationship to have that relationship with those such influential people in Madison. And then they provide our food for our meetups. They do so many awesome things to promote the Isle of Madison show. And then we do that in return. So it's relationships like that that I want to keep building. Uh, let's talk about the meetups. So, run me through um, like a meetup. What are you, are you just you picking a venue, saying, "Hey, we're going to be here. You guys can come on out." I mean, you know, how are you, how are you setting that up? That simple. And I complicated it for too long, thinking that I needed to have an agenda. I needed to have a speaker. I needed to have something, you know, like what you see at most uh, most networking events. And then I had a good friend of mine said, "You're an idiot. Just keep it really simple." call a place, have a few drink specials and have no agenda and have people meet up. So I found a hotel that just opened up downtown Madison, beautiful hotel. You can't rent their room, but there's nobody in their room. It's a hotel bar, right? Like they don't get, they don't get packed on a, on a Thursday night because it's a hotel bar, right? But it's beautiful. It's, and it sits right across the street from the Capitol. They also do a toast for everybody in the bar at 6 o'clock every night. And so that's all included. They give us awesome drink specials. I don't do anything other than a minute 30 video to promote it and make sure that my key people on my team can make it on that certain date. And then we, we put it out there. And we've had any, the lowest we've had is 30. The highest we've had so far is 42 in attendance. And we just had, uh, we have, we had, we were supposed to have one the other night that got canceled because of the cold. And it is going to be happening in, in February. And that uh, has 57 people RSVP. So where, so, do you, where do you put that video? You, you do a minute, minute 30 video, you said. You want to make yep. sure that you have a handful of key people there. You get involved with a restaurant who is you know, happy, to, uh, happy to have people over there or a bar that's happy to have people. It, where do you publicize this minute 30 video? How do you get it out? The majority of the people are coming from LinkedIn. So I have, a, I have a, a, an awesome tribe of, of connectors on LinkedIn. We also put it on our Facebook page, and we have a Facebook group. Uh, so we promote it in there, and then we also turn it into a LinkedIn or uh, Instagram promotion. So Facebook and LinkedIn are our number two, our number, our our best two platforms um, for promoting the I Love Madison show, uh, and then our uh, LinkedIn, my personal LinkedIn account, has just blown up in the last year. Yeah, I know. I, you know, we live what an hour south of, of Madison, and. Yeah, I see you all the time uh, circling through LinkedIn, which I understand is probably algorithmic, which means I'm, I'm 
might mean I'm stalking you. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, one of our one of our one million cups presenters a couple weeks ago is a kid named uh, Sam Lister. Yeah, and uh, Sam's in the, the Milwaukee area, and he just started making a video specifically for LinkedIn. Uh, all of a sudden, got a ton of attention. And now he's he launched a company and he makes he makes videos for business uh, you know brands and businesses because his point was LinkedIn is not oversaturated with video like it's true. Facebook. It's true. Yep. Yep. And I know Sam because of LinkedIn. And so you know one percent of of users on LinkedIn users not subscribers but one percent of users are using are creating content on LinkedIn and those numbers line up with two thousand six YouTube. So if you were to go onto YouTube and produce mass amounts of video on YouTube in 2006, you really stood out. And now I'll try to break through on YouTube. Good luck with that, right? right. Where LinkedIn is where it's at. And I mean, I'm, I I got a video on there. It's, you know, 25,000 views talking about my weight loss journey. You know, I mean, I just came out and said enough is enough. And I want to, I want to get after this weight and, and, 25,000 views later it's just it's just crazy and then now i can't put a i mean i can't put a, a thing out there that doesn't get 2,500 views yeah you're a pretty popular guy thanks Especially <laughs> well, it's not it's like anybody it's like you just gotta you gotta understand the platform right you gotta start putting content out there that matters to people and and also i think with linkedin you really got to be careful to not be the hero um in everybody's story Right. It's it's the Donald Miller, you know, story brand uh, process. Like, don't don't talk about, you know, being the hero, be the helper. And right. so, you know, I'm, I'm coming along and saying these are my faults. I'm vulnerable. Uh, and, and this is what I'm going through. And then that creates this huge power of engagement. Uh, and then that that engagement just is what helps blow you up. So. Well, and isn't it isn't it true that that all of us uh, struggle with those types of things? So you coming out and saying, you know, I I struggle with my weight, and it's enough is enough. There's a vast majority of America who's thinking the same thing and unwilling to put a video about it on YouTube or LinkedIn. Yep. Yep. Well, interesting. We we started live streaming our one million cups groups um, every Wednesday back in November, and our number one live stream so far is a guy named Jim McElroy, Food for Fuel which his his business now is helping people lose weight and he's you know he's helped enough people and he's kind of built up enough influence that his live stream uh is easily the twice as, uh it's gotten twice as many views as, as the number two so let's talk about your videos that you're producing and the content you're producing it's it seems to me that you're making some sort of analytical decisions uh based on how people engage with things do you find that that also is uh, driving the types of content you produce, or are you just continue to produce content along some sort of visionary line, and then and then just you know expecting people to engage with that, and you're okay if they don't. I I teeter I teeter between the two. Um, the artist in me says I want to produce what's on my mind, and and then I want the consumer to just receive what what I want to put out. Um, and I've done that, and I've failed, and so. Um, and so not, not when I say failed, like I didn't get the downloads that I wanted. I didn't get the views that I wanted. I didn't get the engagement. That I wanted, yeah. Right now. So, but then sometimes I'm just really intentional about taking what I'm learning because that's what I want to share. Right. Like that's the content. That's my art that I want to share. Um, I'm taking that content and then I'm really, before I'm releasing it, I'm really thinking about what the consumer wants. 
and 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 how can I insert what I'm learning into their story? And if I can hit that mark, then I then I know I'm onto something. And but but sometimes you know you 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 think you hit the mark, you did it, everything you thought was right, and you put it out there and it fails. So you know, yeah, I don't know. But I'm more. I, if I were to if I if I had to pick one of those two, I would say I'm more on the lines of just whatever is on my heart, whatever I'm learning. That's what I'm going to produce. Well, we're we're running uh, we're running up against the timeline. Yeah, we, we, we had, could do this for like four talk, hours. Talk to you about. It. I mean, I, <laughs> I I've got so many notes here that I'm taking from this. I love I love what you've done. I love where you're headed. I I do have an maybe an uh, uh, an odd question. I'm not sure if I've ever asked this of anybody, um, but you seem you seem smart enough. You can take it. <laughs> the 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 question. My question is, you know, sometimes we look back and we want to give ourselves advice. And I'm wondering, I'm, my guess is you look back and you, you have some advice you might want to give yourself. But I'm wondering, do you think that you would want that advice or do you think that the journey and the path that you've gone on was necessary to, to bring you to some of these understandings that, and, and lead you to success today? Yeah, I, I, mean, I look back at the recession is what comes to mind. You know, going back um, and the struggle, my wife and I lost uh, our, our shorts in the in the recession. I had leveraged the year before uh, all of our real estate holdings, and uh, and then the, the recession came, and we we hit rock bottom. And would I ever ask for that to be taken away from me? No, because that was that was a pivotal time in my life that led to me led me to where I'm at today. I mean, it really it really defined my values. It really aligned my marriage. It, it, it did, did so much for me in my life. Um, and as bad as that hurt, um, and the, 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 the pain, the fear, the anxiety, um, the addictions that came from the recession, like there is a lot of, lot of wounds back there. Um, and I've been able to wash that all free and walk in confidence now and, and, uh, and build the business that I love and get to do what I love to do. Um, it's, it's like, I never want any of that taken away from me. I, I cherish that, that horrible time in my life. Um, so yeah, it, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what came to mind. It does. And I, and I, I wondered if that might be true. It seems to be true of, of many, many folks that, uh, when you can leverage the, when you can leverage the loss, the pain is there for a purpose. Uh, and, and it, it always was whether, whether people see it or not. Um, but that's really interesting and, and profound uh, advice. Now, Neil, um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to engage with your content or, or learn, uh, learn what, what you're doing or, or maybe even buy some real estate? Yeah, I, I think the easiest way is LinkedIn. So, you know, this Neil Mathwig on LinkedIn, um, and then if you want to look up the, I love Madison show, you can search that any, any way. Uh, but, uh, but LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of time. So let's just keep it simple and send you there. That's awesome. Neil, thanks for being on the, what works podcast. We are going to do a follow up with you at some point in time. And, uh, and I have it on my list to make it up to one of your meetups. Awesome. That'd be great. Awesome. Appreciate it guys. Thank you. The, what works podcast is a production of thinker ventures. Learn more at thinkerventures.com.